0: And welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM.
1: Hey, my name's Lloyd Grolleman. Welcome to the program today. I am the Aussie Pastor coming to you from our studios in Northwest Sydney on It's Still Winter and I'm Feeling It. Hunty, glad to have you here. G'day, mate. Good to be here. Good to have our listeners as well. Yeah, we're a big welcome to you guys as listening. Hey, Hunty, uh, just for our listeners so they know, they might wonder why uh, um, you're here. You actually <laughs> I wonder that myself. <laughs> well, I have no doubt why you're here. You have a really important job. Well, tell, these, us, these, tell us what you're doing. Yeah, all these yeah,
2: colourful lights and buttons and knobs, I get, to, I get to play with those. But right now I'm sweating on the internet connection. Why is that? Well, we actually run two. We run an NBN and we run a Telstra 4G. You know, I never knew that until recently. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, one's a failover to the other. So if one of them drops out, it fails over to Does the other. Does that ever way. happen? Yeah, we've we've been
1: failed over a couple of times in the last three months. So... This radio program, this show goes from here yep. via internet yes. to the to Faith, Faith FM, FM Broadcast Centre, which we think's in Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> We're not even sure we don't where even it is. Know. It leaves here. <laughs> and, that, and then it goes out all over Australia. That's right, yep. Yeah, yep. and you've had, you've had cutouts
2: on the internet. Yes, Yeah. You know, I watch the lights and I think, oh great, the NBN's down. But we're still live
1: because we flicked over to the 4G Chelstrom. Actually, I'll tell you a listener something about Hunty. He's a perfectionist. (laughs) Oh dear. Yeah, true. He likes everything to be mm, just. Perfect. And it doesn't always work like that on live radio, does it, (laughs) Hunty? No, it doesn't. Remember the other day? (laughs) Can I open up on that? Why not? (laughs) Hunty? I don't know what he was doing, but he was over there in his little... I was grabbing my glasses because she threw a Bible text at me (laughs) to uh, read. (laughs) He's over there in his little desk. I can see him from here, just so you can see the scene. He's in front of me about three or four feet, about a metre, a metre and a half away, three or four feet. and. He reaches across for something, he reckons it was his glasses and he pulls. What did you pull on? Everything. The <laughs> there was a clatter and a bang and it was all over the radio and of course I just loved it. <laughs> but I, I enjoy working with you and I'm very grateful to have you um, here, Hunty. Mate, this thing's all mine. You do a good job. I'll do it with you too, bro. We've, we've got a good program today. We're going to interview, who are we going to interview? Sharissa. Yeah, lovely lady. Yeah, Sharissa Fong Terisian. Mm, she's got an amazing story. I've known her since she was 13 or 14, and I've watched these marvellous, and it really is marvellous, incredible things God has done in this young woman's life. Just just amazing, actually. And, and I think I'm, I'm going to ask her some questions and Push her a little bit and, Good but, but I think you're going to enjoy that that interview We've got some beautiful music Some fabulous Bible study, studies It's going to be a good program today And we are so
0: glad that you are here You're listening to the Aussie Pastor Here on Faith FM
1: Hey, Hunty, this is our news section. Yep. And I'm going to push you a little bit. Uh-oh. I'm going to push you. Oh, dear. Do you are. Uh, now, you're not going to... Uh, oh, we don't rehearse these things, so... No. <laughs> that's, why I, that's why I enjoy it so much. Hunty. Yes. You, like my dad and mum, and of course. others who are older... They're good people. Uh, uh, yeah, they are. ...are a little bit of a climate sceptic. A little bit. Of course. Aren't you? Of course. Yeah, it's not that you deny climate change. I don't know, I know I, it's real. I think you, d- you don't like the taxes or the way the government's trying to fix it. Is that? Dead I'm dead against uh, the extreme people
2: in climate change. People oh, want to turn off our electricity okay. and, and put us back to being
1: cavemen. You know, since the beginning, I've actually been a believer in climate change. And I know, look, I know there's plenty of people out there listening who are going to go, ah, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's political. No, I actually think it's real. Yeah, of course. Uh, For a few reasons. You know, the last 22 years, we have had warmer years over the last 22 years than in all of recorded history. The world is warming up. Now, you travel, true? Yes. You've been to a lot of places all around the world. Yep. Uh, My mum and dad used to live in South Korea. Have you been to Seoul? Yes. They reckon they went. They were there for three or four years. My dad was working for the US military as a chaplain. They reckon they would go months, months, months at a time without seeing either the sun or the moon and stars, because of pollution, true?
2: Yeah, I was in, um, in China recently, well, not recently, before COVID,
1: and I couldn't see across Kowloon Bay. You can't pump this stuff mm. into the atmosphere mm. and it not make a difference. That's right. Now, it is true that the climate change facts are a little bit up and down, but the ice sheets are melting. Greenland, mm. New Zealand, yep. North America... Europe, you've got these great big glaciers that used to be big that are disappearing almost into nothing. The Northwest Passage up in the northern hemisphere between the Arctic and and North America, it's open in the summer and it's never been open, hunty. Wow. The ocean is warming up so much. Do do you know how much the ocean has warmed up in the last 100 years? No, how much? It's only one degree. But God... Has got this world so finely balanced that a one degree heat up of the ocean, because it's the ocean that seems to take most of the excess heat that we're now experiencing, true? Yes. The Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, that's very With sensitive that temperature. With that, slight temperature range mm. in the last 20 years. Do you know how much of the Great Barrier Reef has died? No, how much? Wow. And I find that staggering. Wow. And I must admit, the last time I've been up there, I've been there a few times, you go out to the reef now and you can see the dead reef. You notice that when you go diving up there? Yeah, I've seen the the videos. You can actually see the dead reef. Mm. And so everywhere we look, we are seeing, uh, if you don't want to call it climate change, the world breaking down. You know, the Bible says something about that. It says,
2: as as the earth gets older, it says we will have an increase in volcanoes and earthquakes and fires and floods. And I
1: believe that that causes climate change. I'm not so sure the Bible says that climate change will cause that. The Bible says the world will wax old like a garment. Yes. Yeah. I
2: believe believe that, that some of those elements will cause climate change. Especially volcanoes and earthquakes. Oh, is that yeah. a new science? Here we go. I see on your face a huge <laughs> amount of disbelief.
1: No, it's not, not that I disbelieve. I've never heard of earthquakes and climate change being related. I, I don't sure, know what sure I want to. I don't want to. Should we go down that road at all live Why not? here on radio? Why not? <laughs> are you saying that earthquakes? cause volcanoes and they spew all the stuff out. I think it's oh, I can, all I can can probably live with that. I think it's all linked.
2: Okay. I mean volcanoes put out sulfur dioxide and carbon dioxide. Well one and thing, sulfur dioxide actually helps the environment and carbon dioxide actually um, hurts it. So you're saying
1: nature's causing climate change rather than us? Well it's certainly when a big volcano erupts, it'll check out more sulfur dioxide than our cars will. Look, I think the Bible says that when Jesus comes I think it's Revelation eleven Revelation eleven eighteen. The Bible says when Jesus comes, he will destroy those who would destroy the earth. Yes, I, I, I think, you know, of course there's natural stuff happening like volcanoes and that out there. But I think we have so abused and so misused yep. the world yep. um, that it is broken down. I actually of the view that physically the world would die if Jesus didn't come. I really yep. believe that. Yep life would cease to exist on this planet and it primarily ceased to exist because of the way we are abusing it yep um in this news section one other thing hunty i, I came across was the frontier wars ever heard of them yeah what's that really sad and, and it's quite confronting because i never come across I, I did history at school i did history at university I never come across this until recently. Um, you know when Captain Cook landed here? Yep. And we've been over to where he landed here in yep. Sydney. You know how many Aboriginals were on the, in, in, on, in the country? No idea. They reckon somewhere between 60,000 and 300,000. And wow. more and more, they're thinking around 300,000 people. So the, the country wasn't empty. It wasn't him We know that Because when he landed Remember the story About the two yeah, Aboriginals Yeah yeah and they, they, after him <laughs> Yeah yeah they, I can even remember What they said Warra warra wee. Yes Warra warra wee Which, which he mistaked For a welcome Yeah but it was actually Saying get lost Get out of here <laughs> <laughs> And they threw spears At him And and, and Cook shot guns At them um, It was the beginning Of a very tenuous Relationship between yep. The English settlers yep. And the Aboriginals Of course you've got Two clashes Two cultures that clash Because the Aboriginal people The Indigenous Are hunter gatherers Whereas the English Are farmers So the English came in 1770, settled the country, started to build farms all over the place, put their fences, took ownership of those farms because that land belonged to the mm, local the indigenous. indigenous people. Mate, where I live out there, yes, in, in the Hawkesbury Valley, there was an Aboriginal tribe that yes. was literally run out of there, yes, to black down. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yep. They run out and they, they came to the suburb of Blacktown
2: in Sydney. they turned your, your valley there into the food bowl of Sydney.
1: That's right. Mm. But they, they evicted the Aboriginals to do it and there was kickback and there were wars. They reckon, Hunty, this surprises me, that in those wars somewhere between thirty and 60,000 Aboriginal Indigenous people were killed. Oh and on top of that, five to 10,000 white settlers were killed. So this was a genuine, bona fide, full-on war. No, in Tasmania, over a thousand, literally the entire uh, generation of Aboriginal people, Indigenous people in Tasmania, wiped out in these frontier wars. It's disgraceful. The problem with it is, is that sort of history in an Indigenous culture is passed down through the generations. Yep. And it can be difficult for us uh, who are non-Indigenous to understand this, but there is pain. Yeah. And There is hurt. And you see it reflected sometimes in the media where yep. they want the change of the national anthem or the flag they struggle or. with Australia Day. Mm. And I used to be unsympathetic to that, but I've become increasingly sympathetic as I study the history of this great nation of ours. And somewhere, somehow, as we move into the future, we've got to be able to forgive each other, yes. pull together, yes. and, wait, and make one nation of this great country. For sure. But I think my point is, with these little news items, we need to... Show understanding hmm. and sympathy and empathy and love. To our, and love that's the word, auntie hmm. to our Indigenous brothers and sisters. But you know what all this stuff really tells me? I do. When I look at climate change and the impact our world as it slowly dies, gets old and dies before us, as I look at the struggles between the cultures and the tribes and the races and the nations of the world, it just says to me that Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, He'll soon be here and we need to look up and concentrate and focus on him because it won't be
0: long. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hey, this group
1: Frontier,
2: hunty. Love
0: them.
1: Yeah. Did you know about this group before we started? Yeah, no, I've been hearing their songs for a long time. Oh, you're away in front of me when it comes to music. (laughs) This is a beautiful song, Basics of Life. I think you'll like it.
3: The newest rate is to reason it out Just meditate and you can all- of the light We need to get get back to the basics of
1: our program today, Charissa Tarosian, who is one of the more remarkable young people that I have met. Welcome to our program.
4: Thank you, Pastor Lloyd. Good to be here.
1: Now, you've had an interesting journey, I know that. Tell us a little bit about your childhood.
4: All right. Well, I grew up in Sydney, and I was a shy high school student, I guess you could say, but when I was growing up. As a little girl, my mom would take my sister and I to church. Dad wasn't always a church going man, but he was happy we went. And uh Mum would take us to the church and we'd sit in the pews on Sabbath mornings and there'd be a preacher that get up to front and preach and I'd sit there and think, Wow, I wish I could do that and so I'd go home and I'd shut myself in my bedroom and I'd stand in front of the full length mirror that we had in our bedroom. <laughs> yes. My sister and I were sharing. And uh, I would preach my heart out to the mirror. I had no idea what I was saying, just made it up. And one day my sister came into the room without knocking, and she said, what are you doing? And I said, I'm preaching. She said, can I play? And I said, sure. So she would do the special music, take up the offering, do the song service. Then I'd stand up, preach the sermon, and then we'd stand together for our final song. <laughs> and then I'd stand at the door and shake her hand and thank her for coming. Um, that was my childhood, uh, one of the highlights of it, and years Later, as a teenager, there was um, a man who came and asked me at church, Charissa. uh, My wife and I have been thinking. We think the team should run an evangelistic series, and I said, "Great, sounds exciting." And he said, "We think you should be the speaker." And at that time, I'd never preached before in my life. But the reason he asked me was because years before. He had made a visit to my dad, who, as I said, wasn't a church-going man, yep. and the door to the room when I was preaching to that wow. mirror was slightly bizarre when he visited, and he thought, one day I'm going to ask that girl to preach, and so he did. <laughs> That's kind of my childhood.
1: Uh, actually, I, 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 I'm smiling as I'm it. listening to you because I used to do exactly the same thing. No way. (laughs) Yep. I reckon God sometimes plants seeds in the hearts of children long before they are grown up with a vision and a dream of what he wants you to do. So how how did you go preaching that first uh, evangelism program? Um,
4: Well, the Lord blessed in spite of us and um, in spite of me, I should say, there was a we had a lot of support from the church and, and there were a number of people who made decisions from that series, but it was kind of like, but before that, as a fourteen year old sorry, I'm a bit all over the place, but as a fourteen year old in high school I made a promise to God. Um, I was entered into a public speaking competition. I was so nervous and I remember the night before as a fourteen year old year nine high school student I was praying and I said, God, I can't do this tomorrow but if you let me win tomorrow <laughs> I promise you that I'll speak for you wherever you open the doors. And the next day I won and um, I the teacher was so excited, she put me in a number of other public speaking competitions hoping I'd win one I never did but that's okay because the promise I made to God is if you let me win tomorrow I'll speak for you wherever you open the door and so when that door opened um when I was I think I was 16 when they first asked me to speak and then I preached that series that was just the first and um, with many doors that the Lord opened from there. Actually
1: that, to me that's quite amazing because you actually were uh, a 16 year old girl. You preached this evangelism program. and Yet the reality yeah. is you have since then had opportunity to preach all over the world and, and sometimes some of it was before you had any formal training. Am I correct?
4: Correct. Actually, at that time, when I did that first series, I didn't have any formal training. And uh, we had a, a pastor pastoring our church who is a, a wonderful evangelist, mm-hmm. <laughs> Pastor Jeff Yuldin. I really love him. Mm-hmm. But, um yeah, it was a big deal to, to let a 16-year-old girl who'd never been trained have a go. Um, but I really appreciate the opportunity that the church gave me then. And, yeah, the Lord just has opened doors I never imagined he ever would.
1: <laughs> Tell us about <laughs> some of the places you've preached.
4: Reached. Ah, I've been to Ponape, which is a little island in Micronesia, off, off the coast of Guam. I've been to South Korea and different parts of the Pacific. I've been to Europe, Romania, um, Italy, Czech Republic, uh, all those parts of America. That's actually I've got an American husband now.
1: We're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs>
4: okay, yeah, in all these different places, but. Yeah, God is good, and it's definitely His doing.
1: Would it be fair to say that that really th- this just came out of the blue in a way that God just caught? Co- look, you can't go after these sorts of preaching appointments. God's got to organize them, or it just doesn't happen. Would that be fair to say? I
4: would. I'd have to absolutely agree with you. I I look back on my life, and I see that. I see God's fingerprints all over it because it's it's a miracle. So I I think that's definitely his leading. You
1: know, I reckon I've listened to you preach a few times. One of the things I like, and I think this is one of the reasons God used you, is because you, and you talk about formal training, you preach Mm -hmm. and teach from the heart. And sometimes that's the best formal training God can give you. A heart that's full of the Holy Spirit that's in love with Him and people listen Mm. and they can see you love Jesus and I think that is a beautiful thing. Amen. So here you are a teenage preacher. What happens after that? You go on a bit of a journey with the Lord.
4: Yeah, I did. So I I gave my heart to the Lord at the end of, um, well, when I was 12, I was baptized yep. into the you know Adventist church, and then that all happened at school when I was 14, and then at church when I was 16, and then doors just kept opening. When I finished high school, I loved preaching. I, I loved to be able to communicate God's word, and I thought, what could I do that would be like a career that would allow me to do that too and i thought of teaching because i thought teachers actually greatly impacted my life yeah uh, when i was in high school and was actually a high school teacher who encouraged me to pursue um speaking for god in the beginning she's from she's an anglican christian at the um, school that i went to and i really look back and see that if it wasn't for her giving me that nudge in the right direction i may not be doing what i'm doing today but um Decided that I'd study to be a high school teacher. Went to Macquarie University here in Sydney. And, yeah, when I went and did my practical experience out in Western Sydney, I discovered that maybe this wasn't what I really wanted to do. (laughs) I remember going to a class of year nine students. Half the class was there because they were off suspension. And (laughs) the other half was not there because they were on suspension. (laughs) (laughs) And and I was kind of like, I don't know. If I can really do this, I don't know if my voice isn't as loud as it would be, uh, as it probably needs to be to communicate in certain classrooms. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go back. I'll study a bit more uh, theology and uh, see if I can find something that would allow me to communicate the gospel in a different setting. So you actually so went, I did.
1: you went back to college and studied theology, or the same degree that pastors study to become pastors? Is that correct?
4: Yes, sir. So, yeah, I did the graduate diploma in theology and ministry at Avondale College.
1: Okay, then what?
4: So I was working at the media centre as well. I was part-time there while I was studying because I was also didn't want to stop taking up invitations when they came when yeah. the Lord would, you know, open a door because I'd made that promise to Him. So yeah. I was trying to be faithful to that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I during my time of study and also working for the Discovery Bible School, which is a wonderful place that offers Bible studies uh, to people. If anyone's yep. listening and they're interested, they can contact them for Bible study material. But um, during that time, I met my now husband. Where did you meet him? Well, it's a funny story. I first heard about him when I was on my last night in Guam, the youth ministry team that I was traveling with at the time, they took us to this nice restaurant place, and at the end of it, they said, oh, do you have anyone special in your life? And I said, no, no, I'm single. And and they looked at each other, and they said, we have the perfect person for you. And I laughed. I said, who have you got? And they said, he's a really nice guy. He's the great, great, great grandson of Ellen White. And I threw my head back and laughed. (laughs) He's in my head. I had this picture of a guy with a serious face and a long beard and a top hat and I thought, yeah, no, that won't work. I'd never even in my mind ever imagined she even had great 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 great
1: now, now even before you go any further tell our listeners because a lot of them might not know who is ellen white as far as being a seventh day adventist is concerned
4: Ah, oh, well she's one of the founders i guess of the seventh day adventist movement but we believe as we look at her life and the things that she wrote and preached and said that she had the genuine gift of prophecy, which if we look at the book of Revelation, we see that that's one of the identifying characteristics of God's end-time people, is that the gift of prophecy would be in their midst. And there are a number of at least four tests of a Bible prophet that you can find in Scripture. You know, do they uplift Jesus? Does what they say come to pass? Um, Does it agree with God's word? And what's the fruit of their life? and ellen white just she's the most prolific female author american female author i think in history she's written so many incredible books Um, that just draw you to Jesus and and draw you to want to study the Bible. So um, thanks to her prophetic gift and leading in ministry, uh, she helped establish a number of sanitariums and hospitals and places of learning all over the world. So, yeah.
1: Well, she actually, it wasn't just hospitals either, wasn't it? It was education, as you say, places of learning, schools, high schools, colleges. Um, The college you trained at, Avondale College, was established for a vision that she had. Had. The church that I pastored in at Warunga, that that campus which Sydney Adventist Hospital is situated on, I think she led the church to buy that. Um, yes. In fact, I think it would be fair to say that other than Christ, of course, who is the founder of this great movement that we belong to, she mm. would be more responsible. Uh, she would be probably the most, uh, how, how do I put this? Would it be fair to say she'd be the most, uh, influential leader and pioneer that we have and really has set the direction of adventism since is that is that fair to say I, I feel the
4: same way you do about that Yes I think
1: so So pioneer, the reason i 'm saying this is I want our listeners to get an idea here so you've got <laughs> now I think you're a humble young woman from Australia and hmm. and you have had uh, in fact I have watched you from before you were fourteen. So you don't mm. might not know that, but I've known about <laughs> you and your ministry literally the whole time from a distance. Yeah. I was in the next mm. door church to your church for a long time. I was at Warunga you yeah. at Waitara, so we knew about you guys and what you were doing, and we particularly knew about you. But it's still extraordinary that a young woman in Sydney. Could end up meeting a guy um, who is just another ordinary guy, too, to be fair. He's, he's an ordinary yeah. bloke, but he, he does have this relationship to one of our, if not, and I, I keep saying other than Christ, our key, the key founder of this movement. It's extraordinary, isn't it? It is. It I, I remember stirring you up actually when this first happened. <laughs> do you remember? It's
4: coming back to me. Yeah, I do.
1: <laughs> you remember what I said? Um, Are we allowed to say mind. this on radio? <laughs> you can say. <laughs> I, said, I said you will marry this guy and you will have the blood of Ellen White running through your children. Do you remember, remember that? that and you laughed at me. Hey, tell us yeah, where, ha, what happened. I'm, I'm very interested in this actually. How did you, okay. so where did you meet him and how did, it, how did it take off? Okay, so
4: that's where I first heard about him in Guam. Yep. And uh, you know, I laughed and then they showed me a picture of him and I stopped laughing because he, he looks like a normal nice guy
1: Okay, actually, and, um, I, I, I'll step in here and say he's actually a good looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that you would have looked at him and went, Oh, okay, <laughs> yep. not too bad. <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, there I better was not. No beard, <laughs> <laughs> no beard, yeah. yeah. Okay, go on, no top hat, <laughs> and it was a color photo, not black and white,
4: yes. Um, So, yeah, and then the pastor that that showed me that picture, he communicated with uh, a pastor in San Jose because I was going to San Jose the next year for a week of prayer. And he said, you know... Um, to find out the details, and then he communicated with Justin and let him know that I was going to be in the area in San Jose, and I should he should go and hear me preach. Yep. So I went to uh, California. My sister came with me. We stayed with a wonderful pastor and his wife in their home. And one evening, when we just got there. They said, have you got anyone special in your life? And we said, no, we're single. And the pastor and his wife looked at each other and they said, we know the perfect person for one of you. (laughs) (laughs) And it was Justin that they were thinking of. And it just so happened there was a minister's meeting there at the time during that week. And Justin got to speak with uh, Pastor Tony. And that night... um, Tony told me that Justin was going to come to hear me preach, and I was so nervous because it was probably, in my opinion, the weakest presentation I had of the week. (laughs) And there wasn't many people in the church that night, and I thought, if he comes through those doors, I'm going to know who he is. And, yeah, I was just so nervous, but he didn't come. It was a great disappointment. I truly yeah, <laughs> had yeah. been a night that night, and um, so we hopped in the car. We went home, and uh, when I got back to the pastor's house, I had Wi-Fi and my phone buzzed, and it was a message from Justin apologizing for not coming. And so that was the first interaction yeah. we had. I didn't reply straight away because you don't want to look keen.
1: Yeah, that's right. Good move.
4: <laughs> I waited a day. Plus, or so. <laughs> plus he didn't.
1: Plus he didn't turn up. That is a right. that is a cross to start off with. <laughs> no tick there. Right. No tick there. Yep.
4: <laughs> and uh, anyway, so I wrote to him, and then he didn't write back for quite some time. Then my friend Sonia, um, he and actually before that, then I saw he actually had another girlfriend because we, we were connected on Facebook, and I saw that he was in a relationship with somebody else, and I thought, well, there goes that, you know, yeah, yeah. what not to be.
1: It can but, be a bit um, disappointing, that too, can't it? Like when you're young oh, and you think something's yeah. going to work out and it doesn't, as you think.
4: Yeah, well, that's that's what happened, and I moved on. But then um, I noticed one day, as you do on social media, that he came up. And it said that he was leaving town and he was going to this three ABN camp meeting and I noticed that the girl in the profile picture had disappeared <laughs> and I thought my Praise friend God. Sonia <laughs> My friend Sonia is gonna be playing the piano at this camp meeting for a television ministry called three ABN. Yep. Maybe she could meet him and find out if he's normal. So Sonia actually met him at that camp meeting, Yep, bit of a miracle, but cutting long story short, she gave him uh, my email, and we kept in touch. And, uh, yeah, we invited him to my local church, Wytaro, for a youth week of prayer, and that was the first time we actually met.
1: And how was that? (laughs)
4: <laughs> On my way to the airport, I thought I was going to have a number of car crashes because I was so
1: nervous. <laughs> you know what? The but, reason uh, you're nervous, I reckon, is because God's put an instinct in you that something's happening here. Yeah,
4: that, that, <laughs> that this
1: is this is big, you know. Because yeah. I mean, you've you've probably uh, um, um, met many men through the years, young I did. men, you know, and, and um, yet somewhere, somehow, this guy is in your in your your mind as something different. Am I right in saying that? <laughs>
4: Yeah, I think I think that's probably a fair thing to say too, because it wasn't the first time people tried to match you up with someone but yeah, yeah there's something about this one. And um anyhow we met and probably the greatest miracle of that week was that my dad liked him. <laughs> 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 but uh yeah, at the end of that week Justin asked me Uh, He said, you know, could we prefer to keep in touch? Obviously, we've only known each other for one week. And so I agreed, and that's what we did.
1: So the relationship Mm -hmm. just developed, and uh, how, how many years did you go out before you actually did get married?
4: Well, this is a miracle, too. So four and a half years. Wow. And um, between us, there were 24 trips that we did together, um, either him coming here, me going there, or um, mission trips to the islands or in various parts of Europe. And of those trips, we probably only had to pay for three or four because um, the Lord provided. It was like invitation to speak here or um, vice versa and yeah.
1: Uh, why did it take so long? <laughs> that, actually, four and a half years is a long time.
4: It is a long time. Um, there's a number of reasons, I guess, but there were times when we actually we, we thought, you know, this is it. We're going to get engaged and we're going to move yeah. forward. And the Lord would literally close the door we were about mm-hmm. to walk through. And uh, it got to the point where right before we actually did get to move forward in our engagement, it got to the point where we actually questioned, are we really following God's will or are we doing what we want? Is this not what God wants? We have to really wrestle in prayer about it. Yep. But right at the at the perfect timing, um, we got a double call to ministry here in Australia. Um, it was just and when he he was just before he was coming out and yeah, it's just, you it couldn't have been more perfect to the North New South Wales Conference where he's now working as a pastor, I'm serving as a prayer coordinator for the conference and together we're both involved in the evangelism team which is, yeah, we just see God's hand all over it.
1: Actually, I think your answer was then, you're waiting on the Lord. Yeah. it's an amazing journey you've been on, Charissa. It's amazing how God leads and directs our lives when we ask him to. We'll just take a little break and have a song, and then we'll be back with Charissa in just a moment.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: I must admit, Hunty, I'm enjoying these questions to Charissa. (laughs) I bet you are. You're having a good time. (laughs) Yeah, I am. Such a good girl. Yes. Um... And yeah, I think she's an example um, Mm. to young women on how they can walk with Christ and how he will work things out. Quite amazing. Hey, do we want to hear from people today at all, Hunty?
2: Yeah, of course we do. We do? Well, firstly, we we desperately want to be able to pray for people. So send us your prayer requests. And we also want to hear from you because the new segment, Ask the Aussie Pastor, is going really well. Is it new? Well, we've had it now for a few weeks. (laughs) I think it's pretty old now.
1: (laughs) And it's working. People are sending their questions in. And we like that. I like it a I lot. I do too. I like we it. We had some fabulous questions last week, mm. and I'm looking forward to some good ones this week. So send your questions. And here's the deal, Hunty. If we get too many, we will spill them over to the following week. Sure. We will sure. answer your questions. We will. So if you've got a prayer request or you have a question, a Bible question you want to ask the Aussie pastor, you can either email or phone. That's so, right. He, uh, not not phone. You can text us. Text. Don't phone. Don't, Don't phone. phone. You won't get anywhere. But <laughs> get through. But, no. but we'd like to do the phoning sooner or later, wouldn't we? That'd hun? be nice. Yeah. Yeah, but Not let's do the, let's just do the texting and email. So where do you go, mate? Okay, if you want to text us at
2: 0488-880-851 or what's probably easier, email us. It's simple, info at aussiepastor.com. Which one would you work on? Well, I can't remember the phone number, but I can remember info at com. So it's, how many weeks have we been
1: going now? Uh, this is like a 15, 15, 16, 16, 16 or 17, 17 or something. 17, yep. And you still can't remember the phone number? No, brain's full. <laughs> Me we better have this song because Charissa's waiting. She's waiting. This is Michael Card and the final word. So, well, you've got married. What do you do now?
4: Yes, so I'm working half-time for the North New South Wales Conference um, to run the prayer conference for yep. the North East South West Conference, so prayer coordinator, and also part of their evangelism team, which we became part of, both my husband and I, uh, at the beginning of 2020. And uh, that's when COVID hit. And when COVID hit, uh, all of the evangelism plans had to shift and change and readapt, and they went online. And so that's probably where all of our focus has been well, for the last year and a half. And the other half of my time, I'm a full-time wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, And, um, I love, we're really loving team ministry in Newcastle. Um, yeah, loving studying the Bible together with people, visits, yeah,
1: all of that. Do you still preach around the place? Or or, or being married now to a pastor, are you more in that local church? Or or is it a bit of both?
4: A bit of both. Um,. Since COVID hit, a lot of that slowed down outside of my local area. Um, but, yeah, I preach quite regularly now in my local church. Mm, mm. Justin's quite happy, I think, <laughs> to have a break. And, um, and, yeah, wherever the Lord opens within the conference there, that's, that's where I've been.
1: Um, just a very quick question about the prayer job. What, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you run a, com- a conference, but what else? uh,
4: uh yeah, well, it used to with my half-time work. Point one of that point five um, timing is the prayer, and so they have asked me just to focus on the prayer conference, which is a, an annual event that takes place and it's like a big revival weekend. Yeah. However, as well as that, um, we run a daily prayer call, where which is part of a twenty-four-seven United Prayer Chain network which is happening around the world. And so we host the South Pacific spot at 7.30 a.m. every day. Can people join that? Anyone can join that. How how
1: would you do that?
4: If they're interested, they could go to the website, 247unitedprayer.com, and there on that page you can find a link to all the prayer calls and all the different time zones, and you can uh, find the Zoom link. It's all over Zoom.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, that sounds really powerful. Um, I, I'm guessing you're having some great answers to prayer too.
4: Oh yeah, oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Can, can you can you give us a a quick story of God's answer to prayer?
4: I can actually, and this happened just on the weekend. There's a lady who loves listening to Faith event. Maybe she's listening to this right now. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, she loves listening to Faith FM, and she's just two streets away from our local church. Yep. Uh, and um, my husband and I were driving to church, and we ended up having to drive past her home. We visited with her once or twice in her home uh, to drop off a free office. She requested through listening to Faith FM. Yep. So as we don't buy the house. We just prayed, Lord, please be with so-and-so. And um, as we arrived at the church, when we turned the corner, there she was, crossing the street right in front of the church. <laughs> And, uh, so we, we wound down the window, said, hey, and we parked the car, and I jumped out, and as I came to see her, I could see on her face that she was quite troubled about something, and holding back tears, and, uh, we actually hugged him. I said, you, you're not okay, are you? She said, oh, no, but I can't talk about it. And so she, she walked away, she was too emotional to talk. I go into the church, and the person who leads the morning prayer time there on Sabbath mornings wasn't there. And so I stepped in, and I said, does anybody have an urgent prayer request? And nobody had anything. Mm. And then I said, well, I've got one. And I shared about this experience mm. with this dear lady just outside the front of the church. Mm. And I said, let's pray. And, um, we have a 98-year-old member who's just a wonderful woman of prayer, too. She said, oh, you just don't know what people are going through. And so it kind of added to the moment, you know, mm-hmm. and everybody breaks up into groups. And praying with me is another man who has been listening to Faith SM, George. He was just mm-hmm. baptized like three weeks ago. And um, he says, oh, I don't know if I want to pray. And I said, you can do it, George. And he just prayed this simple prayer. He said, dear God, please help. And he said her name, in Jesus' name, amen. Beautiful. And uh, simple prayer. We each said a prayer, and at the end of the prayer, the Sabbath school continued. um, And uh, at the end of the first part of the prelims, this girl asked if we would all break up in twos to pray with one another. And I look around, and there at the back of the church is the woman we were praying for She'd come back. And she didn't know we were all praying for her. She's listening now. Now she knows. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it was such an exciting day. And that is one answer to prayer. But uh, we continue to pray for her. And um, the burden that people carry, God, is he's a burden carrying, burden bearing God. He'll lift our burdens. It's, um,
1: it's, it's a bit teary sometimes, isn't it, when you hear stuff like that and see how yeah. Jesus does care for us so much. Hey, yeah. you gave your... Well, you were baptized when you were 12. You've been walking with Jesus, it seems to me, right through your youth. What is the secret as a young woman to keeping your relationship with Christ hot?
4: Mm. That's a really good question. And for me, right now, one of the things that I find most uh, reviving mm. is to share my faith. If I'm not sharing my faith, it's feels like it's not alive and living but as I'm sharing my faith it drives me to my knees it drives me to the word I'm having to really claim God's promises because I need his help and it's such a joy to um, be interacting with people who you know want to learn more about god want to know and understand what his word says it's the greatest joy i get i think is meeting those people and and interacting with them and, and it does something for your spiritual experiences as well do
1: you do you spend time in the bible every day or is it every couple yeah. of days how does that work
4: well every morning when i get up i i have my time i have a chair that i like to sit in yeah and i know that it's you know, the day's not ready to begin until I sat in that chair and had my time with the Lord. But it's amazing as I'm reading my Bible and I've been just you know, I have a very eclectic approach to my yep. devotions, just yep. a little bit of everything. But I've been just reading through my Bible and finally in the book of Luke. And um it's amazing how the things that you learn in that time in the morning, you know, when you're reading just devotionally um, we'll come back and be of use to you throughout the day.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's incredible. That's that's supernatural, yeah, isn't it?
4: It has to be because you'll meet someone and they'll be thinking about this or they have a question about this and you'll be able to say, well, this is what God's Word said and this is what He said to me through His Word this morning.
1: How, how much time would you spend or is there a time that you should spend or how much time do you spend? How does how do you decide how much time to spend in Bible reading?
4: Well, Sometimes if time wasn't an issue, I think I'd spend a, a lot of time, I'd yeah. stay there all day, but um, obviously life and commitments get in the way, so yeah. I like to spend at least half an hour, um, as, but that, that, even that feels rushed. I think an hour would be really comfortable, so not rushing. Um, it's amazing, though, when you sit down to do that, it's not like, ah, oh, I've got to stay here a few more minutes, but the time just flies. Yeah, yeah. And, um yeah.
1: So. Do, do you, you, I know you said you're, am I using the word right? Elec- ec- ec- eclectic, was that the word?
4: Eclectic,
1: eclectic. <laughs> you've, you've done me. <laughs> I'm an English teacher. <laughs> I've heard the word, but that means, do, do you have a, uh, how do you decide what to read? Are, are you really just all over yeah, the place so, or, or how does that so, work? You no, know, okay, so I'm reading through my
4: Bible. And um, that means that there have been some mornings where the Bible passage might mightn't be as easy to understand as others (laughs) because of that approach. But also, I'm reading through some of I love Ellen White's writings also. So I'm reading through at this point in time some of her books called Testimonies to the Church. I'm I'm in volume one. Um, I also have on my phone an app called. Dwell, Yep. and it's a Bible reading app, like it'll read yep, it to yep. you, so you know, you put that on and as you're cooking breakfast, like we have porridge, um, and I'm cooking the porridge, I'm listening to that.
1: I go to sleep. to sleep, I go to sleep with one of those apps, okay. listening to no, the Bible, uh, this guy read the Bible, I do.
4: Oh, it's good, it's good I, and yeah. actually, on that note of the Bible, you know, reading, yep. I also have a prayer journal, so where you write down, you know, it's like you write notes to God about what you've read, a little letter to Him, or even just the highlights of what He's taught you from the Word. It helps it to stick in my memory.
1: Does God talk to you when you're reading the Bible?
4: I I think He does. I hear His voice, yeah.
1: Very powerfully. Hey, what about, let's just go to Ellen White for a moment if because mm-hmm. we have listeners who don't know much about Ellen White. Um, now, I might reveal something about myself here. I never try to convince people on the the gift that Ellen White had or not. What I do is I give them a book and I just, uh, and I use yeah. my favourite, look, we all have favourite books of Ellen White. But before I tell you mine, yeah. what's yours? I have two, but I'd like, I'm interested <laughs> in what yours is. I think I really
4: like Mounted Blessings.
1: It is a good one. Yes, yeah,
4: lots
1: of amount of blessings. For me too.
4: But,
1: yeah. Do you, do you want to have a second oh. one too? You can have one too. I'm going to have one too. Oh. So what what are your one too? I
4: like
1: Desire of Ages. <laughs> okay. Well, you and me are together on that. I like Desire of Ages. But you know what the uh-huh. big book is that has helped me, and I read it every year for a reason, Steps mm. to Christ. Amen. Because yeah. it is a practical way she shares practically and I believe inspired she shares mm. practically how to, and for a, for a, for, a, and I was a bad boy. I wasn't like you. I didn't live your life. Um, I went mm. way way from Jesus, and I have found it so helpful to be able to practically read the steps. It actually is what it says it is. What the title says: Steps to Christ. Now, my question: mm. This is not this is not for me to share too much about me. I'm trying to find out about you. <laughs> how do you how, how do you use her writings in your? Device? devotional and then my second question is this where would i go if i don't have any of her books can i go online or 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 how does that work
4: Mm, okay um well she's got so much that she's written so i like i said i just pick up i'm reading through this book at the moment the example is testimony to the church and i'm reading through it and uh it's like counsel to the church But based on God's word, under the inspiration, I believe of the Holy Spirit, and um, it's amazing the the insights that she gives. And just, I like that she doesn't mince words.
1: (laughs) I like that she she doesn't muck around sometimes.
4: Yeah, and sometimes you need that. You know, sometimes you need that that strong word to come and um, give you that direction. So I like that. I find it very grounding. And you know, there's a
1: gentleness um, though there too at times, isn't there? There is. When you read Desire of Ages, (laughs) the Desire of Ages is one of the most gentle books, I think, because it's about Jesus, isn't it? Um, Is it important? Is the supernatural aspect of Jesus, you know, the fact that you don't serve a dead God, that he's talking to you, that he's in your life, is that important to you?
4: I think it's what makes my life worth living. (laughs) Um, Every day you talk to a living saviour when you pray. Every day we serve a living Savior and and we are preparing to meet Him when He comes in the clouds. Um, Yeah, absolutely.
1: Where do you see yourself in the future or you don't know?
4: (laughs) Well, I'm praying that the Lord comes very soon and I hope that uh, we're not too far off. Um, seeing him come. Do you think that, he's
1: going to come soon?
4: I believe he's going to come in my lifetime, but then every Adventist <laughs> has always believed that. Even Paul was believing. He said, we who are alive and remain." Um, But I do think that we're living in exciting times. I'm part of a radio show on Faith FM with Pastor Danny Malenkov. Yes. And we talk a lot, you know, in the break about what's going on in the world of news and politics and and the religious world. And and his words to me just recently, he says he's never seen the convergence of signs that we're seeing, you know, happening today um, in the world ever in his lifetime. And so he's very convinced that we're coming, that Jesus is coming soon and that's that's a great encouragement to me too to hear that from him yeah yeah. i was just saying just last night to somebody i think there's no greater joy than to be looking for people working for souls to lead them to jesus it's just it's just amazing it's very exciting and i find it very fulfilling
1: it's very very special well i have really enjoyed talking to you sharissa um,
5: likewise, thank it's, you.
1: It's, it is unusual to see a young person so full of the Holy Spirit and so on fire. And I and and I know we're seeing more of it in young people, but I just hope mm. that your witness continues to spread and that you continue to do amazing things through the grace of God and the Holy and, and the power of the Holy Spirit
0: in advancing his cause. So thank you for joining us today. Amen.
4: Thank you so much.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: She's an inspiring young woman, Mm, uh, Is Charissa. So inspiring. I won't give you her age. I don't exactly know it, but she's in her mid-twenties. So she's still very young, Yep. and yet she's done so much for the Lord already. And her love story was a good one. Did you enjoy that? I did. It just goes to show... Quite a long pathway, too. Four and a half years, yeah, yeah. That's a bit like Lisker and me, I think I, <laughs> But that was because of, of uh, Lloyd oh, Lloyd had some problems yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, look, it, it's it's a beautiful story And I think it's proof, Hunty, that you can be young And serve Jesus And he has a good journey for you Yes, And she's been deeply blessed With a man she loves very much And they have a very, together They have a very oh. powerful, powerful ministry Oh, yes this, this next song, I Want Jesus More Than Anything, I think is probably Charissa's theme song. She really, really loves Jesus And this is the Bessie Choir Do you know who the Bessie Choir I don't, no They're actually a Filipino Adventist choir Uh And they have a fantastic sound And when I heard this song And I've listened to a few of their songs since They are just a beautiful choir That sings beautiful music And I really, really enjoyed this song And I hope and pray as you do As you listen, listeners That you too enjoy it as I have Mm I want Jesus more than anything from the Bessie Choir straight out of the Philippines and beautiful, beautiful singing. Can't seem to escape COVID-19. No. It's just everywhere. Uh, Overseas, you know, more people have died of COVID-19 in the first six months of this year than died in the entire 12-month period of 2020. How's that for a sobering Mm, statistics? Twice as many people mm. have died in the first six months of this year as died in the first six months of last year. And it's almost inescapable. There are some of the countries, some countries, though, like Australia and New Zealand. Now, Australia's had its little outbreaks uh, recently, New South Wales, Victoria. There are outbreaks in this country that scare yep. us uh, and can lead us to complete lockdowns, actually, Hunty. Mm. can be very dangerous still. But we've done better than most and I have noticed something and it's been a little bit alarming and I've noticed and unfortunately and, and I say this uh, humbly thanking and praising God. fortunately this is not a phenomena that we have experienced at New Hope and I'm really glad of that, but many many churches as COVID-19 settles down are struggling to see their members back at church. Mm. And I'm talking about members that are long standing, faithful, loyal have been with the church for years, they're not coming back. Yep. And that's a major problem for the Christian church, not just in Australia but around the world, because COVID-19 eventually will go. Well, we hope, we think and pray it will. Yep. Um, if you go from the past all viruses disappear eventually. Yep. But in the countries where it's been pretty good, and Australia's had a pretty good run although we are having these outbreaks, and they're coming regularly, aren't they, Andrew? Mm, mm. Um, the countries, though, that where it is kind of under control, is struggling to see people come back to church. I was talking to a young lady the other day, belonged to a, a Christian church, not an Adventist church. This is a church of seven, eight hundred, maybe a thousand people, hunty. Yep. Since COVID nineteen settled and they've been allowed to come back to church, do you know of seven or eight hundred members? You know how many have come back? How many? Less than two hundred. Ouch. Yeah. It just seems people are not coming back. Now, there could be a couple of reasons for that, couldn't there? Yep. Uh, One, I I think people are still scared. Yes. That would be a fair comment. Yes, yes. There are a lot of people out there that are still scared. But, 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 I don't know whether this is reflected in the culture and the society we're in because if you look at it, our footy matches are what? Yeah. Chock-a-block foot. Chock-a-block. Go to the shopping centre. Yeah, theatres. You can't move – well, I haven't been to a theatre. I don't know what's going on there, but the shopping centres, you can't move. Pubs, clubs. Well, we haven't been to a pub either, <laughs> but they say they're full. Yep. Uh, clubs, we haven't been there either, but they say they're full. But we've been to shopping centres. They are full, chock-a-block full. Yep, Every you time you go there, you can barely – I was in a shopping centre – well, it was Rouse Hill – the other day trying to find a park. Almost impossible, mate. Mm. You know, very, very difficult uh, to find a park. And so if if it is because people are scared, well, that's not being reflected in shopping centres, as you said, pubs, clubs.
2: But unless people think that that walking through the shopping centre gives them a little more freedom than sitting next to someone in a church pew, perhaps. I don't know. I certainly think that people have, have gotten out of the habit and are seeing churches less relevant.
1: You don't think it's just because we're slack? I think we're all slack, yeah. Do you think that's one of the reasons I got used to watching church online? Yeah. You, you know, I've noticed people when they leave church, it, it, This is, and if you're not a church goer, I guess this is probably not that relevant, but when people leave church, it only takes two to three weeks before you get into a new habit, a new lifestyle, yep. a new way, yep. and you never come back. True. It can be very difficult once someone leaves church to bring them back. And yet I'm going to say this as a pastor. I think church is one of the most important aspects of your relationship with Christ. Absolutely. In fact, if you don't go to church, I don't know how you can be in an active, born-again relationship with Jesus. People say to me, oh, church is not that important. Well, I disagree. Yes, it is. It's actually very, very important. There are three major ways I know that we spend with Jesus. Now, if we're going to get to heaven, how do you get to heaven? Well, the first one is grace. Do you get to heaven by going to church? Mm. Probably not. Absolutely
2: not. So what's church got to go? What does church? Well, okay. Well, firstly, I think you're saved by grace. Okay, that's the most important thing by faith through Christ in His atonement. Which is, and and then secondly, your relationship with Jesus, which is prayer and Bible study.
1: Well, you're jumping ahead of me here, bro. Uh Oh, (laughs) I reckon you need three major things. Yep, to be in the presence of Jesus, and I think being in the presence of Jesus is so important to your walk with God and getting into heaven because you get to heaven by knowing Jesus. Yep. Uh you have faith in Jesus by knowing Jesus. You believe in his grace by knowing Jesus. I've been I've been blessed. I have seen him working in my life
2: for my entire in my entire life. I would never be able to deny Jesus because of the absolutely amazing things he's done for me. So how
1: to get in the presence of Jesus you already named two of them. Number one Prayer. Prayer. Mm. Talk to Jesus. Just talk to Jesus as a friend. You're in His presence. When you're in His presence, He's saving you. Yep. It is as simple as that, aunty. Yep. Talk to Jesus. Pray. Yep. Yep. Number two is Bible study. Bible study. Yep. Uh, do you? And and sure sir, just a few moments ago, was talking about Bible Unlike study.
2: Too, I'm like too. My Bible study is very eclectic.
1: You got that word dialed down, haven't you, mate? <laughs> How
2: do you say it? Eclectic. Ec- eclectic. My music taste is the same as well. Eclectic. I've, I've got rock and roll on one end and opera on the other.
1: Oh, I'm not sure about that rock and roll. Christian, Christian. I think Christian. that, I think that we, we'll talk, we don't talk about music on this no, show, no, but I think no. Hunty's still on, in a growing experience as I am. So, yes, yeah, not sure about the rock and roll at all, but uh, My Bible study, yeah, I like to, eclectic. I like Eclectic, uh, what do you mean eclectic? Well, I, I like to just
2: stab into the Bible and discover something. I don't, I'm not methodically reading it as in, I don't start in a, like a book and read it to the end.
1: Hunty and I love each other. On yeah. well, this one, I'm going to encourage you to go the opposite way to Hunty. That's
2: the be, being polite. Don't what be, he says off air he scoffs at my eclecticism. <laughs> oh, I mean, there might be a new word. <laughs> what did you say? Eclecticism. <laughs> eclecticism. I've never heard of that. <laughs> Could be a new word.
1: Actually, I think we should be fairly methodical in our Bible study. And the reason being is because, you know, and what I mean by that is choose a book. Study that book. Choose a subject. Study that subject. Um, I, I think, you know... They're a great – look, I'm a little bit um, scattergun. I, I don't call it eclectic. I call it scattergun <laughs> at times. But I think, Hunty, if you want a really deep walk with Jesus, you need to have a little bit of um, – what's the word – Planning You know
2: I really enjoyed When we, we did our first Revelation series yeah. Last year Because that caused me To go home And get back into Revelation So it's not eclectic Is it No I went, I went from I went from top as chapter bottom.
1: by chapter mm. By chapter mm. So look You've got your prayer You've got your Bible study yep. They're both Usually deeply personal Intimate But then you've got church Yes You're in the presence of God at church And what yes. I mean by that is you're with other believers You're in fellowship with them You're praying with them You're singing with them yep. you're, you're doing Bible study yep. with them yep. And if, you, if it's our church, New yep. Hope You're eating with Lunch, them fellowship Yeah, this is fellowship with each other And Jesus And this world has become a very anti-Christ, anti-life place yes. It doesn't like Jesus a whole lot And it's getting dangerous to live in. My experience is it's great to be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. It is. When you go to church on Sabbath, it's not just a fellowship with other believers. You get healing. You get to reset. Yeah, Jesus builds you up. You get inspired as you worship with the other believers. You get a little window into heaven itself. Yep. And so if you are a believer and you've stopped going to church, turn around. That's it. If it's safe, and I think we need to say that, of auntie, course, <laughs> go back. Covid safe, go back. Yeah, go back, go back, go back, because church is important. In fact, Jesus says this through the Apostle Paul in Hebrews chapter ten, twenty-five. Look at this one, Hunty. Yep. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do. So Paul's actually saying, don't stop going to church as some people do, yep. but encourage one another. Now listen to this, especially now the day of His return is drawing near. Yes. So the closer Jesus returns is, and I see all the signs out there, I mean, our listeners, go home read Matthew 24, Luke 21 the signs are out there everywhere Jesus is coming. The shot clock is almost out. Yeah, we are, this world is going to end, we've already talked a little bit today about the the, the troubles we're having in our culture coming together, we've talked about climate change, the difficulties the planet is having as it dies as it physically dies, these are all signs that Jesus is coming soon you look at the upheaval, the evil of our earth, you look at the pandemics also signs jesus is going to come soon that earth will end paul says hey as you get closer to the end of the earth do not under any circumstances neglect your meeting together yes so if you are in somewhere if you are somewhere safe in the world today and you can meet together for church don't turn your back on it don't sleep in Get up, go, there'll be a great blessing for you. Jesus is waiting for you this Sabbath at church.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: You know this next song, Hunty? Yep. Came across this girl not so long ago. Her name is Jeremy Sanako. She's one of the Philippines' top gospel Singers. Yes. I got in contact with her. Oh. We are going to interview her Good. shortly. Good stuff. Well done. And I'm looking forward to this. She's got this beautiful song, Someone Is Praying For You. I just love her voice in this. I love her singing. And it mo- it moved me so deeply that when I heard this, my wife sings, Liska. i love to put Liska on this program, Singing Hunting. Oh, yeah. Can we bring her on live and sing? Are yeah, we allowed to do that? We can do that for sure. She's a beautiful singer. And when I heard this song from Jeremy I hope I'm saying that right Jeremiah How, how would you say that Hunty uh, Jeremy J-E-R You spell it for us J-E-R A-M-I-E Yeah Jeremy mm. So Narco, I said to Lizzie That's my wife Oh would you sing this song for me And she said she will So we're going to hear this At New Hope shortly nice. Someone is praying for you It's really beautiful Take this promise on board Someone really is Praying for you <laughs>
3: Midst of the storm is your shift tossed and battered.
1: Interviewing her yeah, that'd be She's good. one of the Philippines top gospel singers Young lady Just got married recently And has a tremendous story And was not easy to get either But uh, wow. somehow the Lord was able to open up the pathway Hey, you know we were talking about music just before Yes and And, and you and I have a little bit of a difference on music Which yes. is okay, isn't it? It's fine uh, We've had this difference in music for what? Since um, we knew each other Forever <laughs> I reckon we should do a program on music Yeah, we should Don't you reckon? absolutely because we'll come at it from a different angle but we i think will. our listeners would find it very interesting because i think the one thing we both agree on is music is very important very powerful and it can work for good or for bad absolutely and so in the not too distant future let's do it mm-hmm. see i'm i'm, I'm new, all in new programs morphing and forming in our mind as that's we do it. this one live that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh dear what's it come time for aussie
2: pastor asked aussie pastor a question and we okay. have some doozies yeah yes
1: all right, I, I do my best. Okay, but and if these answers don't satisfy, you know what to do. Go and find the answer for yourself in the Bible. Oh, yeah. mm. They're there. Okay, okay, Hunty, let's go. Okay, so this this questions about alcohol. Another hey, a lot of questions <laughs> coming in on alcohol. There are. <laughs> don't do it. Don't drink it. Don't touch it. There you go. What 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 does those monkeys say? Don't don't see it. Don't hear it. Don't taste it. Is that it? Don't, don't yeah. See no evil, hear no evil, do no evil. That's so. me with alcohol. Have I answered the question? Yeah, but I think
2: I should still read it.
1: <laughs> go on.
2: <laughs> Didn't King David drink alcohol? As Uriah the Hittite got drunk with him.
1: Yeah, well, he probably did. But there are a lot of things King David did that I wouldn't do. He All actually right. let let me go further. King David went to war and murdered people, killed people. I'm not going to do that. King David, uh, he lusted after his best friend's wife. Yes. He then murdered his best friend yeah, after he'd already had an adulterous relationship with his wife, then married the wife of his best mate. Are you going to do that? Well, didn't he, didn't he send his best mate out? Onto the battlefield. That's how he to,
2: to get him killed. Yeah.
1: yeah. Very, very to keep, sad. keep his hands clean. Yeah, yeah. Very, very sad story about how David and Uriah Uriah was actually Hittite. He didn't even belong to the Jews, to the Israelites. And he comes and joins David's mighty men. If you know the story, Saul the king and David was just a, 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 a rebel escaping. He'd had a falling out the king. Well, he wasn't the king. He was in the desert. He was escaping. He had 300 mighty men. Who followed him, Uriah came and joined him from the Hittites. And I reckon it was probably David who showed Uriah and converted Uriah to God. So Uriah becomes one of his top generals, one of his top fighters. David becomes the king, gets all powerful. Uriah marries this beautiful girl called Bathsheba, and David's up on, on, you, uh, well, I'm not going to do this. Mm, mm. David's up on, on, on his palace roof, and he sees her having a bath. He laughs after her, ends up murdering Uriah. Mm. Terrible, terrible story There are a lot of things David did that I wouldn't do just so, so just because David drank alcohol The Bible's not saying you go out and do likewise It's just telling the story about how David fell from God into deep, deep sin And yes, alcohol was a part
2: of that journey You, you know, a lot of my mates know that I don't drink and have never had a drop And they often throw it at me, they said Hunty, back in the time of Jesus when they had a wedding feast it was all about getting drunk. So, and so you're, a big asking, party. you're
1: asking a new question now.
2: Well, it's, it's on the same lines because this, this person clearly wants to know if it's okay in the
1: Bible to drink, why can't we drink? Well, I don't think it is okay in the Bible. In fact, I can't find a well, single well, place. Well, my friend said, anything, I what, can't did
2: find God, what did Jesus make at the wedding fest of Kennery, He turned water into wine? Well, it
1: wasn't alcoholic.
2: So you're telling me that at the party, they're all happily drinking non-alcoholic wine? I'm telling you
1: that the wine Jesus made was not alcoholic. Okay. That's correct. Well, well, the reason I'm saying that is because Jesus came to save the world. Do you think Jesus would create a substance a mirac- in, in, through a miracle to give to people, and this is what alcohol does, to take away their ability to think and to reason their way out of sin to follow Christ? Not going to happen. I'm going to use that next time. So, so next time I get bailed up. <laughs> you just can guarantee it that what Jesus created there. I think that's why the guy said, wow, this wine is so fabulous. It tastes so good. Should have been given out first before they all got drunk and couldn't appreciate it. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, geez, there's no way. I, I, I kick back at that really hard. There's no way when Jesus turned the water into wine, and it's a miracle, in case you're wondering what we're talking about here. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's a miracle. There's no way that it was alcoholic. So, yeah, uh, did, did King David drink alcohol as your eye, the Hittite got drunk? For sure. Right. But those guys did a lot of things that we
2: wouldn't want to do. All right, let's move on. Next question. I was enjoying that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I got served. (laughs) Okay. Does it matter if God created the earth in seven days or seven
1: years as the Bible says a day is a thousand years? The Bible only says a day is a thousand years in the context of what time is to God. Prophecy. It's a huge jump to take that. Yep. No, not even prophecy. It's not prophecy. Let let me even pull that up. It's not prophecy. It's just a simple comment in the Bible, Well, God is eternal. He's lived for eternity. He is in eternity and he will go into eternity. So time is irrelevant to God. Uh and and so what people do is they go well the Bible says one day to God is is a thousand years. Let's 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 transfer that into creation. We can't do that. Right. It's, it's not appropriate theologically, textually, any any way whatsoever. You just can't do that. So it's very clear in the Bible. If you read Genesis chapter one, that the first day started in. Do you know when the first day started, hunting? In the evening. The day goes from evening to evening, so the the day in God's time starts in the evening. The Bible keeps saying that right through, and uh, from in Genesis one that God created the world in six days, not seven actually, and it went. Individually, twenty-four hour solar days, yep. evening to evening. Bible's very, very clear on yep, that. Yep, Doesn't yep. matter. You bet it matters because God said it. He yeah, said, "I right. created the day that the world in six days, and on the seventh day I rested." Yep, it matters a whole lot. And, and I'm prepared to accept the Bible as read there. Yep. I know a lot of people are not. I am very much. I, I think I go even further, honey. If you attack the creation narrative, everything in Christianity falls down. Right If God did not create the world in six days Then the Sabbath did not follow the six days If God did not create the world in six days Then there probably was no fall of man If there was no fall of man Then there was no need for the promise of a saviour Which we're going to look at in the moment it, everything breaks down if you attack that creation narrative mm, wow. when it comes to Christianity. And if you've got someone in your church, even or in a college or university you're going to, who is attacking the six day literal creation of the earth, I got. And you want to you want to follow Jesus? You want to have a deep relationship with Him? A born again one? I'm telling you, you come across someone like that who's teaching, preaching that run, run, run. It's some of the most dangerous theology you can you can come across as far as Christianity is concerned. Wow. Okay, next one. Dear Aussie Pastor,
2: I've recently lost a friend of mine from church. He claimed to have a personal encounter with Jesus, which was his conversion experience 20 years ago. He says that he hasn't felt that closeness to Jesus ever again since that time. What can I say to him? Does Jesus appear to people directly to convert them? Can you recommend anything I can say to him to not just keep him in church but to nurture his faith, thanks. Beautiful question. Yep.
1: That is one of the best yes. we've had yet. What a beautiful a soul. who friend. gives their heart to Jesus and then wanders away. Well, first thing I'm going to say, it's not about church, and don't get me wrong. You go to church because you love Jesus. You don't go to church... To prove your Christianity or anything like that Church is all about an experience with Christ So if you're not If if, if you're wandering away from church If you're leaving the church Chances are that's because your experience with Christ Is lessening and you're drifting from Jesus You got that? Yep So if we drift from Jesus What's the problem? Yep The problem is We're not spending time with him Yeah In my life, I drift when I'm not spending time with Jesus. How do we spend time with Jesus? We've already looked at it in this program. Prayer. Yep. Bible study. Yep. And church. Of course. Those three things, for no other reason than they put you in the presence of Christ in different ways. Prayer, you're talking to Jesus as a friend to friend. It keeps you close to him. Bible study, well, because Jesus is talking to you. That's Man, 99.9% of what I hear from the Lord Jesus comes from my Bible study. When I open yep. my Bible, yep. I've already said this yep. in programs before. When I open my Bible, it is a constant conversation between God and me. God speaks to me from the Bible. I talk back to him. I'm in the book of Jeremiah at the moment, are yep. It's the book of conversion. Man, I'm on fire. God is telling me stuff. He's disciplining me. He's talking to me as I go through that, and I'm, I'm listening to him as he talks to me through the Word, and I'm talking back to him. You think that brings us closer together? You bet it does, mate. Hmm. And people wander from Jesus because they lose their prayer life. It is as simple. People say, well, look, it's not that simple. Yes, it is that simple you lose your prayer life, you lose your time with Jesus in Bible study, you stop going to church again, I just want to recommend to you church, it is so important it is so powerful to come together with other believers and worship God, you're in the presence of Jesus, and when you're in the presence of Jesus, that's when you get the power to walk along with him in this world which is becoming so anti-Christ and if you're not in the presence of Jesus, hunty hear this bro, yep. you will drift drift, drift, and you will drift fast yep. and you will, drip far. you will drift hard and far, yep. Yep. spot yep. on, does that Makes sense. So, so yep, well, all um, I can say to the friend is is and I don't know how you do that because the Holy Spirit's got to lead you in this, but somehow try to push them gently back into their, their experience with Jesus, their Bible study, their prayer, their church. Yep. It's all so
2: important. You know what I do? I to my friends who I think might have drifted, I look at them and I seriously say, Hey, are you and God good?
1: Mm. And if I don't answer yes, mm. then, then we start. Mm. It's almost you know, always it's almost always the reason people drift. You hit the nail on the head. Mm. Them and God ain't good. Yeah. And the only way you can be with good... Hey, hey, look, before we even move on, I know, yep. I know you want to move on because no, of no. time, but right. mate, you know when you fall in love? You, you fell in love with Jacks. Oh, yeah. Big time. So blessed. Uh, hunty, this big boy, he is in love. I can tell you that. Oh, yeah. What's the key to this love relationship of you and Jackie? Uh, will we spend time together? Uh, to communicate? He comes to me sometimes because he works really hard. He says, Oh, I've got to start working so hard. Why? Because I want him to work hard. <laughs> oh, because I've got to spend some time with my wife. Oh what, what, what for? Well, because I love her. That's it. You want to spend time with her, you want to be with her, and the more you're with her, the stronger the relationship gets. It works like that with Jesus. For sure. Hunty. Yes. Every time I don't study my Bible. One day without my Bible and my prayer. Yeah. And guess what I start you to feel do? It, you One feel day it. You feel it. I start to wander. Yep. One, maybe I'm a wanderer. Huh. One day, if I go five days I'm in trouble. Seven days enormous trouble. Two, three weeks I'm starting to wander out of the church and away from Jesus myself, big time. Yep. We need it. It's it's like it's it's like breathing air, you won't live without breathing air. It's like eating food, you will not eat you will not live without eating food. That's what Christ he is, the very air and the food we breathe and eat. Yep. Do you think I've said enough on that one? I I think this is great advice. <laughs> this is
2: the soul of our program. That's what we're about. Find Jesus and get in a relationship with In fact, with what's him. our
1: ministry called?
2: Find Jesus. You can we, go to we our website, findjesus.tv is, is our
1: main domain. We call it the Aussie Pastor, but yep. from the beginning it's been Always fine. been find. Jesus Jesus is the key to everything You want to walk successfully yep. in this life as a Christian Know Jesus Let me put a plug in here for our church If you want to ever come and visit New
2: Hope Church in Northwest Sydney And you want to watch us first To make sure we're just regular normal people If you go to findjesus.tv You can watch any of our previous programs And you can watch us live Why don't you start watching us live this Saturday, 10 o'clock How do you do that? www.findjesus.tv click on the live button simple as that simple as that you can
1: see us this was not organized by the way listeners <laughs> but you can also catch us on aussie pastor facebook page or on your yes. facebook page well, yeah anyway we're all over the place we are last question this is a ripper oh my
2: goodness if jesus death on the cross covered sin all sin past sin current sin and future sin and unknown sin does that mean we were born when, saved?
1: No, does that mean when, when we, we were, were born, born, we were born saved? I don't think you are. Um, well, Psalm fifty-one five. Let me. Can I look that up, Hunty? Yeah, sure. Have we got. So I
2: think. I think our listener is saying that if Jesus' death on the cross pardons all of our sins. The ones we've already committed and the ones we're going to commit Then are we born saved? No, I
1: don't reckon you are Listen to this, yep. Psalm 51 verse 5 Surely I was sinful at birth There you go Sinful from the time my mother conceived, conceived me. me Wow The wages of sin is Death Death, but the gift of God is eternal life People say, well, are you born lost? Well, this is what I would say is you're born in need of a saviour Yep We are born in a lost condition. Yep. So you are born in need of a saviour. You've got to accept Jesus and the gift of his sacrifice on the cross to be saved. So you go from a non-saved default human condition to a saved condition through the cross. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So no, I, I don't think... We are born saved. I'd like to be born saved. I know that people are going to disagree with me on that, but I just don't see it like that at all. I think that you need to make a definite move to the invitation yes. Jesus gives you. Yes, yes. To be a saviour. A conscious move. Yeah, I, I think that's very important. So I think that's the Aussie pastors. Yeah, yep. I've enjoyed it. Keep those questions yes, coming. Please. These were good ones today. And
2: also your prayer request. We love praying for you as well. Not, we
1: haven't got too many of them. No, we? we
2: haven't had too many. Plenty many. of questions,
1: but no prayer requests. Yes.
2: Anything that's troubling you, there's huge power in prayer. What? Send us your prayer request. We would love to pray for you. Do you know the phone number? I do. Text 0488. Double eight zero eight five one, or you can email your, your prayer request to us info at Aussie And if
1: you're listening to the if you're listening to the replay, because they replay this program, yeah, they, don't do. They? they do, it doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Text, text us or email, or email us, 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 we will still love to hear We're going to get them, they store them on the server, and I promise you, we're going to read them out, we'll answer your questions, and we'll pray the prayer for you. You know why we do it? Because we, we love you, love you. Yeah. but Jesus loves you a whole lot more.
0: You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: Actually, the next song, Hunty. Yep. Will, w- uh, will you love Jesus more? Yep. Kind of goes with that theme, <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Does. it? it does. This is from Golden Angel 8. I have, now I keep saying this, but honestly, man, I have never heard of such a group in my life of you. No, but I've heard the song, though. Well, I choose the songs. Yes. A- a- and <laughs> Hunty wants to choose the songs, don't you? Okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's a tiresome job, isn't it? It is for it's- you. Yeah, it is. It actually takes me hours to sift through yep. and play. Make all the songs Because relevant. we're only allowed to play certain music. That's right. Actually, if you've got a song you'd like to play, it's putting them on our list. <laughs> <laughs> but if you were to text us or to email us, we could push them to put it on our send list. Send it to our faith in bosses. <laughs> <laughs> this is a beautiful song though, isn't it? Yes. Uh, Will You Love Jesus More by Golden Angels eight.
3: Sure, if I did my best, I could maybe impress you with tender words and harmony, a clever rhyme or two. But of all I've done in the time. to do There's someone else I want you to see
1: Strange name, beautiful song. Great song. yeah Bible study, hunty. Yes. I think I've got three minutes more this week than I normally have, so we've been doing pretty well. Decadent. (laughs) We've been talking about uh, the fall of Lucifer of Satan. We talked about how there was a rebellion in heaven. You remember that? I do. Satan ended up on the earth, unfortunately. Yep. He tempts Adam and Eve with... And it's a simple, such a simple test. That tree in the garden and Eve took the fruit and she gave it to Adam. Next thing we know, the world is plunged into a rebellion. The moment we go into rebellion, Jesus comes for a walk in the garden. And he sees Adam and Eve and he says, what have you done? Mm -hmm. And they share with him and there's a dialogue there in Genesis 3. And if you don't know it, you should go and read it. It's an interesting dialogue about uh, the fall and what they had done. And then this text, and I think it's very interesting, and I want to go back and start here again, Hunty, because we miss this little part of the story, and it's crucial because Jesus gives them a promise that he'll come and save them. Yep. But we miss this part of the text, of the story, we always miss it, and it's so important because it's central to the promise that Jesus has just given them. Okay? Okay. Genesis 2, verse 7. Have you got that, mate? Um, I've, got, I've got 3, verse 7. Am I in the wrong place? Oh, it's just, sorry, it's 3, verse 7. Oh, that's cool. all right, I cool, do cool, that. Cool. Genesis 3, you should see it when I'm doing Bible studies across the table <laughs> and I do that. They look at me <laughs> with this strange look. <laughs> uh, that's all right. The pastor's blonde and he can be a bit vacant it's sometimes. True, you sometimes. threw me into a panic. <laughs> Genesis 3, verse 7. Yes. At that moment, their eyes were
2: opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig
1: leaves together to cover themselves. I want to go. just stop there again for a moment. Yep. We looked at this in the last program, but I want to re-emphasise this. Sin always causes shame. Yep, always. Always. I can testify to that from... <laughs> First hand experience I am so grateful and I'm feeding him about this That God did not invent us with a little TV screen on our foreheads So everybody can see See what we're thinking You'd have to buy It would be very fashionable to have a little curtain that you could pull across (laughs) (laughs) The fact is we are good at sin It comes naturally to us But we don't like to get caught And Adam and Eve did not enjoy getting caught They sinned, they separated themselves from God. Next thing they looked down, they were naked. Do you know what they used to wear before sin came into the world? When they clothed in light. The Bible says they were clothed in light. Yes. Can you imagine that? Clothed in light. And the moment they sinned, the light that they were clothed in, which is the glory of God, disappears. Mm. And they look down and they go, ugh. I'm naked. Now, I reckon Adam and Eve would have looked pretty good naked. I reckon they would look pretty good too. Would well, they have had a belly button? Oh, I don't know. Don't care. Okay. I'm sure they did. <laughs> People <laughs> ask that question. I have no interest, no desire to, to know that. I don't know. Don't care. Sorry, hunty. Sorry. That, that, if you ask that in the Aussie pastor, you'll just get an answer. Don't know. Moving on. Look, um, I have been involved myself in some pretty serious sin. Me too uh some dangerous sin some very destructive sin yep and it always ends in shame it can be enjoyable at the time yep in fact it can raise your blood pressure it can be exciting it can raise your your breathing and all the rest of it that comes along with forbidden sin but when you're caught it always leaves you naked and god sees that and he's about clothing you again. Now, I want to say this, Aunty. There are some people listening to us that have been caught out in their sin on this radio program right now who have been thrown out of their churches. Yep. Thrown out of their families. Out of their jobs. The sin is so bad, some have gone to prison. You and I have dealt with people that have been involved yep. in sin. Yep, yep. You remember when Let's we first started? Yep. yep. We have. Yep. Let's put them in prison. You can be in a place where you've got no friends, where you've got no support, and you're totally alone, and you're sitting there naked, exposed to the world. Everybody can turn against you. Yep. I want to tell you right now, Jesus never will. That's right. It doesn't matter what you've done. How It does matter. But when it comes to this, it doesn't matter what you've done, hunty, how serious the sin is, how far you've drifted, how, how what the ramifications are, as I said, thrown out of your family, thrown out of your church, thrown out of your community, completely alone with no one. Jesus will look down. He loves you. Yep. And he will see you sitting there in the corner, naked and shivering, and he'll come and he'll clothe you. Yep. And that's exactly what he did with Adam and Eve. The very first thing he did, I love this about Jesus, yep. is he took away their nakedness. Yes. Read, Hunty, Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. We miss mm. it. We miss mm. it every time. Then the man, Adam, named
2: his wife Eve, because she would be the mother of all who live And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife.
1: So the the man, Adam, named his wife Eve, and then what did God do? He made them them He immediately covers their clothing. Yep. And someone, this is the first instance of death in the Bible. Someone had to die so they could be clothed. Yep. Let me say that again. Something. Something, not someone. Yep. Something. An animal had to die... So they can be clothed. There's your first instance of death in all the Bible. Yep. And what brought about that death? The need for sinners to be clothed from the shame of their sin. And there you have the gospel. You're sitting there. You're naked. You're shaking in shame, exposed before the whole world, and Jesus comes down and dies for you and clothes your nakedness. Yep. Have a look at this, Hunty. And the few minutes we've got left. Hey, it's amazing, eh? when we don't have a lot of time, when, 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 even when we have time for a longer Bible study, how quick it goes. Mm, mm. Let's go quick. Isaiah 64, verse 6. Yep. We are all infected and impure with sin.
2: When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall and our sins sweep us
1: up like the wind. We are all naked. Uh That's what that said. We are. We have all sinned. So before you start looking at your neighbour, look at yourself. Mm. I look at myself, honey, honey. Honey. I'm not calling you (laughs) honey. Honey. It's always honey. That's right. Uh, Man, we are sinners. You and me know what it is to stand naked. Yep. Exposed to the world. Jesus says in this text, even your good deeds... We'll leave you naked yeah, yeah they are yeah. That, That's kind of a, an amazing thought And I've wondered about that through the years Why does he say that? And I think because even our good deeds are often motivated by By ego,
2: by self yeah. by, the, by the need to be recognised or thanked for your good deeds Jesus says
1: hey you're a sinner and you're naked Yeah, But this is what I like and this is where we're going to go The next few weeks in our radio program So beautiful hunty Isaiah 61 test 10 Singularly one of the greatest texts in all the Bible I am overwhelmed
2: with joy in the Lord my God For he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation And draped me in a robe of righteousness I am like a bridegroom Dressed for his wedding Or a bride with her jewels
1: (sighs) I feel emotional at that Mm, mm. Jesus comes down And dresses us in a robe of righteousness. righteousness Yep Do you know whose robe that is? Yep. It's his. It's his, Jesus. He comes down and he takes his sinlessness. Listen to this. He takes his perfection, he takes his righteousness and he puts it around us like a robe so that when God sees us, he doesn't see us naked in all our sins, he sees Jesus Jesus. and that offer is for anybody. Quickly, we're running out of time. Oh, what do yeah. you want to say, hunty? No, 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 I'm good. Oh, I thought you wanted to say something. No, no, I'm good. You're gonna say it next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesus offers you his robe today. It's all yours, and you can have it because he took your sins to the cross and paid for them, and now he gives you a robe. <laughs> People come to Christ, it's when they finally experience Him coming down and putting that robe, which is His character, it's His personality, it's His perfection, around them, around and I remember when He did it to me, around my quivering, shaking, naked body, hurt, bruised, wounded, depressed lost all hope, lost all direction, caught in a world of indulgent pleasure with all the pain that that causes. It's when Christ came down and forgave me and put that robe around me, that's when I truly found a new life and a new way. And I want to encourage you that to that today. And it's a simple prayer. And I want to pray that prayer now. So bow your heads with me. Dear Lord Jesus, we come before you today at the end of this Bible study, at the end of this program. Many of us are sinners and we are naked and we feel ashamed. And we have done things that are appalling to ourselves, to our family, our friends and those who know. And we come and we repent and we're sorry. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that you'll come, that you'll forgive us and that you'll put that robe of righteousness round us. I pray this, Lord, because you love us, and I pray it in the name of Jesus. Give us peace, and may we experience, through our repentance and through your forgiveness, the joy of what it is to start a new life with you. Is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. My name's Lloyd Grolleman. I'm the Aussie pastor, and it is a wonderful thing that you've joined us today. And I love you. But you know what? Jesus Christ, he loves you a lot more. See you
0: next time. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv.